walking out of the Munich tunnel. Just being asked if I've got any gloves. I wear mittens, me mate. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So we're in a good mood and I'm with Ben Thornley, Salford lad from the wrong side of the canal. I'm from the right side, obviously, Ermston and Stretford. And we're both buzzing because United have knocked Liverpool out of the FA Cup. And we're just coming up to one of Liverpool's two team buses. And it says on the side of it, we are Liverpool, this means more. No, it doesn't. No, obviously not, no. No, it doesn't, because you... <laughs> We ain't got Wembley in the FA Cup this year, boys. Should we just... Uh... Cheers, night, cheers. See you later. Yeah, yeah. Just saying goodbye to the hard-working security and stewards at Old Trafford. Um, what would you do to go on that Liverpool bus now? And oh, wind him up? Well, you're going to lose your job again, aren't we? So, right, I think so. you're, you're desperate for me to lose my job, aren't you? There's no question. Right, so I wanted you to run on the pitch at Anfield yeah. if United had got a winner. Yeah. And you would have lost your job, but you would have also been a lifetime hero among United fans, and I reckon that they would have paid for you until yeah. you retired. <laughs> but today, you actually could have gone on the pitch and you've let everyone down because oh, United won. I know, I know. I, I, but do you know what? Out of the corner of my eye, I could see Tony, the head groundsman. And, and as much as even these days I might get away from Tony, <laughs> it would not have been very happy with me for running on that pitch. So, uh, no, I've got a lot of respect for him and he has that pitch in absolutely blinding Nick. And uh, I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to encroach upon it, so uh, I left it alone. So I had a complaint this morning uh, about the sound quality of these podcasts when we record them at stadiums. And there was just a big screech. How are we doing? You're right. Okay. Then yeah. On that. See you later. It's great because everyone's buzzing. But most of the United staff, the United fans, the local people. Anyway, that big screech is after the game. People are taking away the TV equipment, some of the ground works. This is real life, freezing your nuts off. That's what this podcast has always been about. And when it's at its best, it's leaving the away end after United have won a match or. Famously lost at Bournemouth when everyone's steaming, coming out. That's absolutely shit. Van Hal's a tar. He's got to go. He's got. He's got to go. But today, Ben, beating Liverpool, knocking them out of the FA Cup. I thought it was a great game of football. How did you view it as a as a former professional footballer? Yeah, I did as well. I thought. Um, I thought both teams. When you saw that this, that you know, the starting lineup, certainly from Manchester United, you could see that you were going to get a different game than the one we got at Anfield last week. Why? Because it's a one-off. It's a one-off, it's a, and it's a game that neither team would have wanted to go into extra time or penalties. I know there's no replays, but with the number of games that we've got coming up and the number of games that, that both teams have already played, with Europe starting as well, etc., I just think that it was an extra half hour of football that, that both teams could have done without. And it just made for a more open game. I think all these team selection, selections suggested that with... Playing three, you know, three out and out forwards in Cavani, who I thought was excellent. Greenwood, who took his goal really well, and Marcus, who obviously took his goal brilliantly. And and you won't see a better pass all season for me than the Rashford. one that he picked out from from for, for, for um, Mason's first goal. And it wasn't the fact that that it it was number one the fact because he was right on the touchline that he he saw him. Um, 
A little, a little cheeky one for you. Ollie Gunner in his interview said, you can thank the bench for that because it was the bench that said, switch, switch, switch. And we could see it from our position. We saw Mason herring through the middle, but he still did that with absolutely no backlift whatsoever. He had no room to manoeuvre and it was just pinpoint his, his pass. Walk towards your car, eh? Yeah, yeah. Wanted, um... it, was, it was absolutely pinpoint his pass. And, uh, and I, I, just, I just felt, though, that it was just a, a game that highlighted the two teams who've got exceptional players on show because the pendulum switch, you know, swung from side to side. Liverpool went in front and they had the momentum. Then United equalised out of pretty much nothing. And that came from Paul Pogba's tackle on the edge of the box, by the way. Yes. Who again put a shift in. Yeah. Um, and then it was all it was it was United, and then at the start of the second half it was United, and they deservedly went in front. Then we gave the ball away, which was the only downside to, to the, the the Cavani's game, for, for to Cavani's game and for the game in general from a United perspective because they did it a lot in the first half yeah. and they weren't punished. And it's such a shame that it was through him that they were punished because, like I said, I thought he, he was just one of the top performers. Without getting his name on the score sheet, he sacrifices a lot of his own good, a lot of his own work, or what he is good at to, for the good of the team. And, uh, and it, I just thought he was brilliant today. So that was the only downside that they gave the ball away too many times. And against a team, you know, packed with the quality of Liverpool, you can't do that. And we were punished. But do you know what? If they score two, we score three. That's always been the United way. We score more than they do when we win the game. Uh, but if they can eradicate those little mistakes of, of giving the ball away, then we could have teams put to the sword a lot earlier. So the roars of the cars going past to the, some of the players going home. And the team buses are going past. You can hear that and see the stadium. Looks beautiful tonight. It's really freezing. I'm going to walk towards your car with you, Ben. Because <laughs> you've got, got no bloody more. gloves on. This no podcast got to go, go tonight. A couple of things you mentioned. So, Maguire's ball to Cavani. There's nothing wrong with that when he when he lost the ball. And I just asked Oli no. Gunner about Cavani because I thought he had a great game. Yeah. And I spoke to Darren Fletcher at half time and he was ra- raving about Cavani, about his vision, about how he sees the lines before yeah. anybody else. Can you make sense of that, what he says? Absolutely. What does he mean by that? What, what he means is that before the ball actually comes to him he can he, he, he knows what he's going to do with it he knows whether he's hanging on to it he knows whether he's bringing it in he knows how far away that the defender is from him and on that and sadly on that particular occasion he had he didn't need to play the ball first time if you remember he did one in the first half and he nearly got um Marcus Rashford through the in the middle it, it's just it's having that few players have got it um, it's having that wherewithal to know what you're going to do with the ball even before it comes in. And it was just such a shame that on that occasion, James Milner had read what he was going to do and he nipped in and obviously Liverpool went and scored the second goal. But for the most part, you can see exactly exactly what it is that he's got in his mind. And and anybody who's been in the game a while will, will understand that and, ex- and know what Darren Fletcher's talking about. Where have you parked your car, Stoke? I'm, I'm, I'm down there. That's a bike? Oh, you don't come there. here on a bike? Oh, there I am there. Silver BMW. You cycled here. You cycled here. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Former Aberdeen and Huddersfield and Manchester United player. No, I cycled. No, I'm a bit closer than this. <laughs> yeah. And 
And another thing Darren said, and, and Darren's really enjoying what he's doing well. yeah. at United and he's knowledgeable yeah. and he's watching games from high up in the stand so that he gets a different perspective to the lads on the bench. Uh, he's basically looking at all different areas around the first team and I think he's a real asset to have. I think he's a top lad, Darren, and yeah. he's, he's a bright boy. He speaks well. He's deeply passionate about football to the point he's, he's a bit of an anorak. You know, he'll ask you questions about bizarre Spanish teams and stuff. And one thing he also said was, when you mentioned that, that Rashford pass, he didn't think he was going to get it off because his feet at the start were too close together. And I, I would never see something like that. And, and so when he got that pass, which went right over Milner, to set up Mason Greenwood. That's, I've not seen a better pass this season. Me neither. In fact, this week, with Pogba's goal at Fulham, and with that pass, that's the best pass and best goal I've seen this season. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's a, it was a little bit like, um, if you remember the goal, the free, the fabulous free kick he scored at Chelsea. When, and, and he does run up like with his feet as if he's, uh, you know, as if somebody's going to say go and he's off. He, he doesn't have a wide stance. So... It's great for him to have been able to pick that out, but it's something that Marcus can do brilliantly. He doesn't have to have that wider gap to be able to set himself to do things. And th- but that pass for me, it wasn't the fact that that he, he didn't. It was how wide his feet were. It was the fact that he didn't even. You know, most people step back from the ball and need to take a little run to be able to hit a ball with that accuracy, that distance. And he did it from virtually a standing start. It was an amazing pass. Donny van der Beek started a game when we spoke a couple of weeks ago. He'd done all right. I thought he did all right again today. I don't think he's spectacular as the first player to come off. I thought he started the game brightly. What is your assessment of of van der Beek and what does he bring or what doesn't he bring to the team? I think he's an intelligent footballer and certainly in close-knit proximity he, he, he is somebody that will definitely keep the ball for you again somebody else who I think is 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 a lot more switched on upstairs knows what he, what he's going to do with the ball before it comes and that's a huge asset and that is something that he's obviously learned growing up and and being with the Ajax Academy because they, they do that sort of thing all the time you know spatial awareness etc um he obviously isn't the, the, the quickest at being able to carry the ball, which is something that obviously Paul Pogba is, is, is exceptionally good at. Scott McTominay, towards the end of the game, striding out with, the, with you know, 50, 60 yards. It's a huge asset to have. I think what Donny will bring is that intelligence and that little bit of link-up. But whether it, he's shown sufficient so far to be able to dislodge Bruno, I don't think anybody will... will will go as far as to say that but that's not to say that with each game that he plays and, and the fact that he's he's playing with the, and training with these great players that when he does get the I listened to Bruno's interview and he, he was really pleased with with how Donny performed and that you know even though we are pretty much vying for the same position he said that you know he, he can't do much more than, than what he did today other than you know go and score two or three for the fact that he'd not played for a while he, he thought that yes he did fade a little bit which is why he came off but as you quite rightly pointed out Andrew he started the game very very brightly and did some really really good things and just he just needs to be a little bit more like Bruno and, and get older the game by the scruff of the net when the ball gets to a certain area and that is obviously in the final third where things are key 
I just spoke to James Milner and one of the things he said unprompted because I was asking him about Liverpool was when you're playing a team as good as this and I thought it's quite nice to hear Manchester United being complimented again by players like him because he's a pro I've spoke to the lads they really rated Milner really really surprisingly so yeah and to see United win that game to see United going through two games against the league champions one draw away at Anfield beating them at here there's a consistency coming now isn't there with this team there is and that is exactly I mean they, they, they well they still I don't want to tempt fate but they still haven't lost the consistency away from home but what they have done is they found it at Old Trafford I think that that is a, that was a real key because you know our four defeats that have come this season uh, or five if you include Paris Saint-Germain but our domestic defeats three in the league and one against Man City have all been here at Old Trafford so that is something that we need to stamp out but our, going back our league defeat our last one was against Arsenal in was it September End or September. October yeah so it's a long time it ago is, it's, a, it's a long while ago and there is some consistency and I agree with you I think James Milner who I think now is the fifth highest appearance maker in the Premier League I think he's been a consummate professional for years wherever he's been he's always done well I know that my uh, England colleagues sorry I say England colleagues my ex-colleagues who played for England the likes of Gary who I know you know well have always had a lot of good things to say about James Milner do you think if Gaz was on this podcast, we'd get a word in? I don't know. I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm going a little bit hoarse now, but if, if Gaz was here, that wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be fine. <laughs> and then uh, I spoke to Ollie after the game as well. And See you, he, Ash. He's, he's happy. Man? And obviously, he, he's happy. And I asked him about Luke Shaw, because Luke's having a, a good season. And on Friday, I asked him about Paul Pogba. What's he doing well? What's Paul doing well? Well, he's a good player, he said, and obviously he's going to say that. And he's quite media trained, or he, he bats away the questions unless you're asking him about his favourite food, where he reckoned that his favourite Indian is a chicken korma, and he's quite rightly been slated. Slated. <laughs> slated for. for I, wish that. I, I wish I'd have heard that. Harry's, Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew. There's only one way to ensure quality. So they brought their own factory in Germany and that's been making blades for over a hundred years. They've now released their sharpest ever blades and added a new lubricating strip for an even closer, more comfortable shave. The best part, replacement blades are still as little as £1.75 each. Harry's support great causes too. They give 1% of their global sales to non-profit organisations that provide mental health care to men in need. Do you want to give Harry's a go? Start your subscription with a trial set, which includes a weighted ergonomic handle, their new five-blade razor cartridge, rich lavering shave gel, and a travel blade cover to protect your blades on the move. And for a limited time, if you go direct to harrys.com forward slash united, you'll also receive a free travel-sized shower jam. All of this is worth... £14.50, but you'll pay just £4.95. So get the comfortable shave that you deserve. Head to harrys.com forward slash united to claim a trial set for just £4.95. You'll also be supporting our podcast by doing so. Again, head to harrys.com forward slash united today. Shaw's doing well, isn't he? Brilliant. 
he's had a super season and I don't think I don't think it's um, it's a coincidence that with the arrival of Alex Tellez he, he's, he's had to up his game a little bit when, and rightly so but I think that's healthy that's competition that you need all over the place and it has certainly worked for Luke Shaw knowing that he's, his position isn't isn't that secure anymore um, but I think he has been absolutely magnificent for eight to ten games now. I think he's uh, he's produced starman performances. I know that Mohamed Salah scored two today, but invariably Salah doesn't get a kick against Luke Shaw. Um, he plays that well against him, and again today, especially in the first half when we were exploiting those, those spaces left by Alexander Arnold up that left hand side with with um, with Marcus going one on one with Williams and skinning him a number of occasions, and Luke Shaw going on the overlap it didn't happen quite as much in the second half but certainly in the first half they were a joy to watch and I think Luke has been uh, has been absolutely superb and then I mentioned Pogba and I wrote a piece about him on Friday I'll tell you for a fact that he's very happy at the moment I could absolutely see him staying at United if it carries on like this his confidence is up he probably took longer to uh, get over COVID than any of the other players who've had COVID. I'm not just, this isn't just speculation, this is based on facts and speaking to people. And he had to have individual training sessions for him to help him get his fitness back. But we're seeing the lad who scores, he didn't score today, but scoring match winning goals, great match winning goals from outside of the area. And something you said earlier, that first goal started from him winning the ball on the edge of his, his own area. And there's times when he, he still does give the ball away. And United did a lot of that in the first half today. Especially, but yeah. Pogba, that's Liverpool's team bus, this means more. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it can still produce the spectacular, doesn't it? Um, and if we can get that more often and he can become as consistent as the team... We might be seeing that world-class play we've all hoped for for Abs- years, and I think and I think people will, will, will un- undoubtedly warm to that. Um, you know, we we all know what it what it means to be a Man United fan. You know, we know some of the the, the hardcore support. They just want everybody in a Man United shirt to give 100%. They only care about going out and winning football matches. They know that there are other things that come with being a professional footballer and that all gets you know, a blind eye turned to it as long as when you put that shirt on you, you instantly let people know that you are you are playing for that badge and giving everything and Paul Pogba at this moment in time is doing that and it's amazing not just the transformation of him but the transformation of the team and he is a he is a big cog in a in a you know in a very very big wheel but he is certainly somebody that in the last five or six games especially when he's got himself around the pitch when he scored goals and today when he's winning balls on the edge of his own box you know they are things that midfielders at man united need to be doing on a more regular basis and and he is leading the way in doing that at the moment another time he stretched to block a ball just before half time he did yeah right really? on this near side yeah, yeah. And, knew, and if that ball had made then there was a clear run for for i don't i can't forget well, it was who it was down the right. for right hand side and he just managed to get himself in a position to be able to do that and he, and he's playing that position and then he's moved slightly forward in the in the second half in a position where we've seen him play really really well and scored his goals from and um 
and where he played very well against Liverpool last weekend. He is a player that is integral to Manchester United and their success if he continues to perform the way he's been doing. I know he's got a win in favour of some fans, including myself. People have been let down too many times by him. If not him, by his agent coming out. But his agent, those comments were panicky. He knows he shouldn't have said them at the time he did. And some other things about Paul... I've never heard anyone inside the club complain about his professionalism. He's never late. He doesn't drink alcohol. He's big into his faith. Um, like his hero, Muhammad Ali, converted to, to Islam. Uh, he's, since his father's died, the fam- his family and his football's really become his focus. He's ultra competitive. And sometimes when, if we were saying that, people don't want to hear it because if he's had a bad game or if his agents come out and said something stupid and there's times where he's definitely wanted to go because he's been deeply unhappy and I'm not going to sit here doing a PR for him he's got to be doing this all the time but the last six weeks has been really good it has it has and uh, and listen every people don't realise that that footballers are human beings as well and and there are extenuating circumstances when when you know, from time to time in people's lives, like you know, the death of of a, of a close one or a relative. Of course, that's going to affect you, and it's going to affect the the way that you do your job. You you won't you wouldn't be human if you didn't. But because he's in the public eye all the time and playing for Manchester United, th- th- there's no room for interpretation, and and it it, it is it is something that people do need to take into consideration. Have you been there? Exactly. You've been a pro at a club where, you know, you've had a more serious injury than, than most people. I bet you had times where you're incredibly down and um, thinking about your future. Massively. Absolutely, massively. And uh, and it and it, it does happen and and it happens at all different times of people's careers. And um and at the moment Paul Pogba seems to have he seems to have I don't want to say sorted himself out. What he seems to have done is be proving to people that he is a Manchester United player. He wants to be a Manchester United player. He is performing well as a Manchester United player. And as a Manchester United player, he is, like I've already said, he is one of the key people that are going to bring this club success if he continues to perform like that. Apart from your injury, finally, when was a time when you were really down about your football? Were you in a hotel in Aberdeen or in Uddersfield thinking, I'm just not enjoying this profession at all? I, I, w- I would probably say, I w- <laughs> if I was in a hotel in Aberdeen, I probably wasn't on my own. <laughs> <laughs> what, did Gaz go up and visit <laughs> Um, but yeah, listen. There are always going to be times when you're down, and, and it probably was Aberdeen when uh, you know when I, I fell out of favour with the manager, and you're a long way from home, and and you're not being taken with the squad, and you do have a have a tendency to think to yourself, well, what is it next? And unfortunately for me and anybody that you know um, that, that that has read my book and what have you, they 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 know that I took the wrong path, and you know I just used that as an excuse to go out drinking all weekend, um, and. All, all that did was depress me even more when I, you know, I came round and, and realised that I needed to do something about it. And everybody needs people, Andrew. Everybody needs people. And uh, there are times when you are down. But I'm lucky, I like a lot of people, that they've got close friends, they've got really great family that they can turn to and rely on and, and point you in the right direction. And that's what happened. I wasn't going to plug your book, but there's some absolutely wank footballers or autobiographies. Yours isn't. There's some really good stories in there and parts of it. Are pretty heavy, but I'm not going to finish this podcast talking about you in an hotel room in Aberdeen. <laughs> um, 
there, there were some moments of joy, no? If you had to pick a couple of moments out from your career, I don't know. From the outside, maybe it was your Manchester United debut. But yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think that as a you know as a kid living uh, what only five minutes from where we're standing now, and and having watched the the greats like you know Brian Robson, Frank Stapleton, Norman Whiteside from my era, pl- players that I still see on match days here today. Sadly, not at the moment. It it, it was an incredible privilege for me to to make my debut yes I know that the winning of the FA Youth Cup with those great players that I played with came first but but actually pulling on that Man United shirt knowing that you're actually going to get on the field against West Ham as I did in 1994 that is something that that I, I wanted to do since I was a kid and that now that I have done it as much as it didn't happen any more well many more times than I, and certainly not as much as I would have wanted um, it's something that nobody can ever take away from me and it will be a, a cherished moment till the day that I die and you're doing now the match commentary for MUTV you enjoying it love it absolutely love it I th- we've got a great team at MUTV not just Stuart Gardner that I work with but the cameramen uh, the people behind the scenes that we speak to producers uh, everybody and the, obviously the other ex-players that come in and do the punditry and, and what have you I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a cracking setup, and I, I, I really do enjoy it and of course you're going to enjoy it when, when Man United are winning matches and, um, and, and that's what they're doing at the moment but I, I love doing it anyway I'm, I'm very privileged I must admit very privileged I don't think I told you this but last year somebody wrote to when Saturday comes which is a really good football magazine and uh, it was a United fan and the person was blind and said how much he or she enjoyed listening to your commentary because you were very descriptive and I just thought that was beautiful a blind person there listening to your words and feeling like they're there oh well that's I mean that's extremely pleasing to hear but it's also very humbling as well um, that somebody has taken the time to you know to uh, to, to, to do that and uh, and listen you know I, I I love what I do and and I I want people to you know to, to enjoy what I do as well otherwise there's not really much point so when I hear things like that it's very humbling but very pleasing at the same time yeah but it's getting a bit like Alan Partridge's now what about some quick fire questions like I gave Ollie right who's the hardest player you ever played with uh, Roy Keane yeah yeah Nicky Butt comes a close second hard lad yeah I very think, I think Ryan's an hard lad he is yeah yeah on the sly yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah funniest lad you've ever played with um, I mean there's a few but um, Marcus Stewart at Huddersfield takes some beating <laughs> why uh, he just had a, he had just had a tendency to sit in the dressing room and do daft things and uh, and a funny lad Marcus Stewart yeah he's a great lad fastest player uh, that I've ever played with yeah um, it'll either be Colin McKee or Keith Gillespie really yeah I would say so along with Ryan as well favourite ground you played at um, one of my favourite grounds because I always seem to play well that was Carroll Road at Norwich yeah I always played well at Carroll Road and I, and I, but I do like um, Molyneux as well which United player would you have most liked to have had on your team at the subsequent clubs that you played at um, oof, that's a great question. I mean, probably Scholesy. Yeah. Because so, he can make something happen anywhere. Uddersfield Town, Any, Scholesy. Anywhere, yeah. Anywhere. It doesn't matter what. I've seen Scholesy score an unbelievable goal on a cabbage pit patch out in Hong Kong. Uh, so if he can do it there, he'll do it absolutely anywhere. He, he just would have pulled something out of the bag from, from whoever you were playing. Who's the wittiest 
player you played with Oof. not an out and out practical joker because I think that Scolzi's got a, like a line in killer, yeah. killer wit he has got a, he has got a good usually line usually against Mr Neville yeah <laughs> but you mentioned Mr Neville Phil Neville's got a a, a, a good tongue on him as well when uh, if you <laughs> that sounded wrong but you know what I mean you know what I mean He's, so, you, uh, so you're in an hotel room yeah. in Aberdeen with Phil Neville <laughs> And you cut to the good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can, uh, he can. But yeah, Scolzi comes out with these little, uh, little, little retorts from the corner of the dressing room. Phil Neville was exactly the same. Finally, finally, finally. Will United win the league this year? Is it possible? Because I keep saying no, no, no. But I'm just sort of buffering myself against what I think will be disappointment and. I'm starting to believe a little bit more now. Yeah, listen, will they, will they win the league? Who could possibly know? Who knows? Um, can they win the league? 100%, absolutely. I think they've proved that after half a season, they've finished on top of the pile. And all they need to do is replicate what they've done. They obviously need to get a couple of decent results against teams in the top six that they haven't yet beaten. But if they can rectify that, I think they've, you know, they've, they've beaten one of the... the the best teams in the country for the last two years today I know they've got players missing I think that they will need to improve performance against the teams at the top City Chelsea Tottenham and obviously Liverpool again when we play them in the league but do you know what I think that Man United are as close as they have been in the last seven or eight years like I said are they going to win it I don't know can they win it 100% yes they can Gonna run back to the car now Going United United, <laughs> United. <laughs> Thank you Ben Pleasure Andrew Top man